to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Hopefully you have your coffee ready. I'm already, I don't know, good 17 ounces in already this morning. Praise be to God. We're going to have a great show lined up for you today. Jesse Romero. Are you familiar with Jesse Romero? He's fantastic. Incredible guy. Wonderful evangelist. Powerful uh, speaker, author. He, He does a lot of work on deliverance prayers. Uh, demonology, that kind of thing. And he's going to be on the program today. I was, I saw an article today on the Daily Mail. Not a great website, by the way, Daily Mail. Don't love it. Uh, the ads there are absolutely horrendous. However, I saw it, it was being passed around, this article about an image of a demon, supposedly, standing over the crib of a, of a little child, uh, caught on sorry, one of those cameras, right? And uh, I said, uh, boy... This is terrible. I wonder what's going through the mind of this family when they're seeing this image that looks really, really creepy. And it, it, in the article, it says that they, to get rid of the, the presence, the evil presence, they simply burned oil. And I thought, that's, that's pretty much insane. They're like, there is a way to do these things, and that's not it. So we invited Jesse Romero to dispel the myths and misconceptions of deliverance prayer, spiritual warfare, to give you some practical guides and tips on what you can do on whatever's uh, plaguing your life in your family. Maybe it's uh, addictions or other such uh, occult, for instance. We're going to talk about all of that with Jesse Romero in our program today. Of course, we're going to have breaking news and stories. We'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We're going to have a What's Concerning Us section. The game show comes up in the second hour, so three new opportunities to win some prizes this week. And, of course, we'll have our after show as well. So a ton to get into today on Catholic Drive Time. And, uh, and the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. I'm really excited about today's guest. Um, Jesse Ramiro wrote a wonderful book. He's really he's got the most fascinating stories. He's he and does. this is good stuff to know for families who want to keep evil presences out of their home. We so. had we, we we started to have this conversation yesterday in our after show about uh, you know deliverance prayers and the diabolic and all of this. So uh, we reached out to Jesse right. and he was he was eager to come on. So we're very excited about having him on. Uh, speaking about being very excited, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning oh. to you, Adrian. I thought you were about to say, speaking of wanting to keep demonic forces out of your homes, uh, but that's much, much better. Well, so I, I'm very well, I happy to be here. I haven't you over in a while. I didn't want to mention that aloud, <laughs> but here we go. Okay, well, praise God. It's, it, you've, you've talked to Jesse before. Yes, a couple times, uh, and I got to hear him speak uh, when he came to Houston, so I heard him there and I met him there. Uh, I have <laughs> probably too many of his books. Too many uh, of his books. So, huge nice. fan of Jesse Romero, very, very awesome evangelist. Yeah. Um, yeah, all around great guy. His use of, of acronyms is outstanding for sure. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> one thing I love about the Terry and Jesse show is their constant, like, little 
one-liners like the, the sheen train yeah. too blessed to be stressed too anointed to be disappointed if grace was money i'd be a millionaire <laughs> that's my favorite right there if grace was money i'd be a millionaire all right well praise be to god we have a great show to get into hopefully dear listener you'll be able to join us for all or part of it i also really want to uh, quickly want to say thank you to realestateforlife.org for generously being uh, a partial underwriter of catholic drive time they connect buyers and sellers of homes provide a uh, sort of a, uh, a faith-based experience and support pro-life causes. Realestateforlife.org is their website. Let's uh, jump into prayer. Whatever your intentions are, dear listener, we're going to be praying for your intentions today as well as our own. Uh, I have a special intention for my family today that I want to include, and uh, whatever's on your heart, let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. A D.C. Knights of Columbus chapter had to remove satanic graffiti from outside a parish on Capitol Hill this past Saturday. On Saturday morning, Patrick Abbott, an officer in local Patrick Cardinal O'Boyle Council 11302 of the Knights of Columbus, found a white chalk pentagram outside St. Joseph's Church. After spraying the graffiti with holy water, Abbott said he, cle he cleansed the rest of it off with regular water. After the graffiti had been washed away, Abbott sprayed more holy water and prayed over the site. Abbott told Catholic News Agency, quote, Like Satan's empty promises, it came off with a little holy water and regular water. After Abbott cleaned up the area and prayed, he replaced the pentagram by drawing a cross and the words, God bless, with orange chalk. The graffiti outside St. Joseph's on Capitol Hill follows a string of acts of vandalism at U.S. churches in 2020, including churches being vandalized with pentagrams. One U.S. Senator wrote then-Attorney General William Barr in August, imploring him to intensify the agency's efforts in preventing and prosecuting the attacks on Catholic churches. At least nine countries have now withdrawn AstraZeneca's vaccine over increasing reports of blood clots. Sweden has become the latest country to add to a list of European countries which have suspended the use of Oxford AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine, following France, Italy, Ireland, and Germany, which all halted distribution of the vaccine on Monday. The World Health Organization and other health authorities urged countries to continue using it, despite reports of a high rate of blood clotting events, including deaths. The Norwegian Institute of Public Health issued a press release on Saturday, calling on people who are feeling unwell and seeing large blue patches or dots on their skin, following their getting the AstraZeneca vaccination, to see a doctor immediately. Blood clotting has been identified as a risk of COVID-19 infection itself, and researchers have speculated that this may be due to the virus attacking blood vessels or to an immune system hyperreaction to the virus. Nine countries have suspended the use of this vaccine as a precautionary measure by Tuesday, while others are retracting specific batches. Irish Catholics are set to gather in a prayerful protest in Dublin on St. Patrick's Day today in order to reclaim the day for the glory of the Most Holy Trinity. They will be calling on the Irish government to per permit worship once again and to cease the practice of abortion. 
Today is St. Patrick's Day, a day on which parades are normally held throughout the country to mark the nation's patron saint. Due to COVID-related restrictions, all such events have been canceled for the second year in a row now. A number of Catholic groups in Ireland are processing to the Irish Parliament in order to issue a call for repentance from the government. Ireland has seen fierce restrictions placed upon all aspects of life in the wake of COVID-19 infections, with public worship having been banned for the majority of 2020, and priests threatened with jail for saying Mass for the first time since the persecution of Irish Catholics. Worship is currently still forbidden in Ireland. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things, St. Gabriel Lalamont. Pray for us. He is one of the martyrs of North America, one of the black robes. He was born on uh, in October of 1610 in Paris in France. He entered the Jesuits in 1630. It took him about 16 years of uh, formation, and then he would eventually be ordained uh, a priest. But he became a missionary and assigned to the Huron country in Canada on the 20th of September, 1646. I don't have a lot of details here, but I know that he served alongside St. John de Brebeuf, who has a, let's just say, an infamous story about his martyrdom. Well, uh, St. Gabriel Lalamont was also martyred along with him, and uh, again, with the North American martyrs. It was on the 17th of March, 1649, he was tortured for three hours. And I don't want to get into the gruesome details. You can certainly look it up for yourself. But the way the uh, the natives tortured the black robes was very, very gruesome. As I said, uh, De Brebeuf's story is pretty amazing. It's definitely great courage that these men had to face their death and to remain faithful to the end. And St. Gabriel Lalamont did. He would be canonized on the 29th of June, 1930, by Pope Pius XI. St. Gabriel Lalamont, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 5, verses 17 through 30. Jesus answered the Jews, My father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason they tried all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus answered and said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, the Son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For what he does, the Son will do also. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, so that you may be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, so also does the Son give life to whomever he wishes. Nor does the Father judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Amen. Amen, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life and will not come to condemnation, but has passed from death to life. Amen. Amen. I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has 
the Son, the possession of life in himself. And he gave him power to exercise judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking St. Patrick's Day. You didn't even tell St. Patty's story. Yeah, I know. Uh, you're probably going to hear it about a dozen times today. Uh, so uh, so there was that. I wanted to introduce you to somebody you probably hadn't heard of before, so there's that. But also, we're probably going to talk a little bit about St. Patrick with Jesse Romero in our guest segment, so stick around for that. Uh, but uh, this particular gospel passage, I think, is pretty awesome for a couple of reasons. Number one, have you ever been approached by somebody like a Jehovah's Witness, somebody like that, uh, where they deny the divinity of Jesus? I love, I, I can't tell, there was one time I had a coworker, uh, I was brand new at the company, this was many years ago, and um, they discovered I was Catholic. And the very next day, I came to my desk in the morning and I found a book on my chair from this particular person, you know, saying I should read this. It was a Jehovah's Witness book and it denied the divinity of Jesus on page one. And I wrote back to her and I said, I can't get past page one because this is incorrect. Jesus is in fact divine. And I went through John's gospel in particular, and this is one of the passages that I referenced. You can't get past the fact that the Jews wanted to kill Jesus. Why? Because he made himself equal to the Father. And although the are there are three distinct persons in the Trinity, uh, they have they share the, div- the divine nature among them, and they share everything amongst each other. It is a it is a reality of the Christian faith that does go all the way back. And and there are so many heresies as to the nature of Jesus because we were struggling to understand this great mystery. But Jesus makes this very clear that that he and the Father are equal. And, uh, and I, you can't get past it. So if you ever, if you ever do come across that argument, if you have a Jehovah's Witness knocking at your door, remember John chapter five. John chapter eight is also very good. And there's many other passages, but this one in particular, I think is very powerful. Real quick, let me mention this as well. There are two Old Testament uh, allusions here. Daniel chapter 12, the separation of saints and sinners in the judgment. And Ezekiel 37, the dead will rise again. Let us remember in these waning days, these latter half of the season of Lent, that we have an opportunity because we're alive. We have breath in our lungs to repent, to confess, and to make reparation while you still have time. But your time is coming out because the day is coming. And what we do in this life matters. Amen? Don't go anywhere. On the other side of this break is the What's Concerning Us section. We'll be right back with Catholic Drive Time. Protestants often think that the difference in the Greek words for Peter's name, Petros, and the rock, Petra, in Matthew 16:18, is evidence against Peter being the first pope. But does this objection deal the death blow that Protestants think it does? Nope, and here's why. First, even in the Greek of the New Testament called Koine Greek, scholars recognize that there's no difference in meaning. In the IVP Bible background commentary, 
Craig Keener affirms that these two terms were cognate terms that were used interchangeably by this period. This view is supported by the fact that John tells us in John 1.42 that the Aramaic equivalent of Petros is Cephas, which means rock. So why the difference? Gender. Petros is masculine and Petra is feminine. It makes perfect sense that a feminine noun would not be used for a masculine name. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Have you ever suffered with generational sins? Have you ever heard of that term, generational sins? It's one of the uh, deliverance prayers. Mighty an opportunity, a mighty an opportunity to uh, to pray and try to heal your family from generational sins. Uh, we're going to talk about that plus so much more with Jesse Romero. And you know, I think to some degree, I've been probably hesitant or or standoffish with deliverance prayers for many years in my in my Christian life uh, because it felt weird or it uh, I just didn't understand it kind of thing. But it was once I started to have conversations with people who knew what they were talking about, uh, it began to dispel the myths and misconceptions that really made a difference for me, which is why we uh, reached out to Jesse Romero today. But we're also going to talk about uh, St. Patty a little bit, too. I think it's a character that kind of gets hijacked a little bit in historical revisionism. It, it, He's made out to be a sort of a caricature of himself. St. Patrick is pretty awesome. He was pretty hardcore. He was pretty amazing. Uh, pretty, uh, he had zeal for souls. And I would love to see us remember a little bit about that today, rather than just celebrate uh, this, this, this sort of the festivities, if you will, of the day. So anyway, Jesse Romero is going to be our guest in the guest segment coming up, but uh, this is the What's Concerning Us section, and uh, we're very grateful you are here with us today. And there are several stories. Uh, Emily, I have a bunch of stories. You know, I don't know what's on your radar, but let me real quick just mention this before we jump into it too heavy here. This is reported at a LifeSite News. U.S. Catholic University offers students LGBTQ Stations of the Cross for Lent. Did you see that story? Yeah, I have that pulled up as well. I was going to talk about it. Okay. Um, where does one begin with this? Okay, let's just say for the sake of an argument that you have great empathy uh, for those that struggle with same-sex attraction. Praise be to God. You ought to. We all should, actually. Uh, we should have, uh, we should have uh, a charity in our heart for those that struggle with, with uh, sinful natures of any kind. Does that mean, though, that we, we recreate, we reinvent the Stations of the Cross to accommodate that particular uh, occasion of sin, that particular temptation towards sin? Um, what about everybody else who struggles with other sins? What about those people who, who are struggling uh, to remain uh, uh, sober? Or what about those people who, are, who steal, lie, cheat, murder? 
What about those people? Do we reinvent the Stations of the Cross for them? Why only the LGBTQ crowd? It seems rather strange to me. And why would a Catholic university be so willing to reinvent the wheel on the Stations of the Cross? It begs the question, what is the purpose to the devotion of the Station of the Cross if we're just going to rebrand it based on the what's happening now? At least that's my initial impressions. Let me read a little bit of the, of the article to you. This is published by LiveSite News. Pete uh, Blansky is the author. It says, a Marianist-run Catholic university in Ohio is offering students an opportunity this Lent to create a pro-LGBTQ Stations of the Cross and then pray them along with other students who support the normalization of homosexuality. Participants at the University of Dayton uh, Alley Stations of the Cross are given the opportunity of praying the Stations of the Cross through an LGBTQ plus and allyship lens. I guess I'm so late to the game here. I don't even know what alley is. An ally. An ally of the community. An ally. Okay, that's what they're saying. I'm like, what are they talking about here? I have no idea. An ally of the community. A pro uh, poster for the event states. Okay, all right. So the poster includes a picture of a rainbow-colored road leading to the foot of the cross. Participants will attend five guided interactive planning meetings and then host praying the ally stations that they created as a team. The university's website where the event posted states a pro-LGBTQ campus minister will help navigate the team through a simple but powerful reflective and creative process. No experience necessary, by the way. So there you go. Just a willingness to connect to real experiences of people in the LGBTQ community. I don't know. How do you feel about this? Um, it's very disappointing. Um, it's just another in the series of Catholic universities that are losing their Catholic identity and giving in to the culture. And also, we've talked about this before. I know we have, but it's it's not real charity and it's not true love. And it's shifting the focus away from the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is the focus of this Lenten season is to meditate on Christ's passion and his great love for us and his great sacrifice for us. And and this is a form of idolatry where it's turning the, the passion and the sacrifice of our Lord into a focus about us and our sins and our identities. And so I just think it's, it's kind of, um, inappropriate in many ways many different ways yeah um when our lord went to the cross he draws all sinners to himself and those that are willing to take up their cross and follow him there are his disciples so wh whether you're someone who struggles with same-sex attraction or you're someone who struggles with just living chaste in your in your marriage or whatever your inclination is whatever your i don't even want to say it that way whatever your struggle is because the struggle is real. Well, praise be to God. Jesus is the answer to whatever it is you're struggling with. There's no doubt for, about that. And, and all are welcome. But this is sort of reinventing. This is a hijacking that is unacceptable. And, uh, and we, as the faithful, shouldn't be putting up with this. And it grieves my heart that parents would send their kids to schools that are going to be doing this. I mean, we're losing our Catholic identity. And it just... It, are we to be uh, like the world, or are we to be of the world? Like, we're, we are called to heaven as our ultimate destination, and yet too often we see this that makes us feel like this world is good enough and this is all we need. We're supposed to be elevated beyond this. It just boggles the mind that we continue to read uh, these stories 
about Catholic institutions, organizations that seemingly abandon their faith, their identity, in some false understanding of what it is to be charitable to those that struggle. The greatest charity one can give to those that struggle is to introduce them to Christ and to his healing uh, mercy before the judgment comes, because then it's too late. And that was the gospel today, right? Um, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about this. this still, it's just disturbing to read these stories that keep coming out one, one after another. I have another story here that I would like to, to mention to you, but what's on, what else is on your radar there, Emily? I've got a couple stories here. Um, of course, I'm really concerned about all these countries that are taking back the AstraZeneca vaccine because of the blood clotting and the WHO, for some reason, is still pushing the vaccinations. Um, and then Moderna also has just started testing on children, although children are already being vaccinated before it's even being tested on what the effects are, are going to be on them. Oh, wow. So that's concerning. Um, but this... Uh, article that I have here from Catholic News Agency is that professors at the JP2 Institute, which we know has gone through major transformations under the Francis Pontificate, is the professors there are now saying they should rename the John Paul II Institute as the Amoris Laetitia Institute. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> and Adrian. Um, but what's also concerning me is the recent appointment of the new Monsignor Philip Bourdain as the Institute's new president. Um, now, Monsignor Philip Bourdain, if you don't know, is a priest who is a little iffy on on sexual morality issues. He has been quoted in the past as supporting contraception. So really, the direction that the John Paul II Institute is going in is kind of disappointing and also concerning, um, especially because that's where, you know, so many of our great Catholic um, ethical philosophers are. And so I'm concerned about the Institute. I'm concerned about a Catholic universities, concerned about the vaccine, of course. And then in Canada, of course, all kinds of crazy stories coming out of Canada, but a father who might be going to prison because he's not cooperating with his teenage daughter's gender transition. Um, wow. So going to prison because he won't go along to get along. He's facing a criminal trial for the quote unquote crime of publicly discussing the names of the doctors involved with her, his daughter's gender reassignment procedures. He could be sent to prison for five years. I have to believe the diabolical confusion in our world today is skyrocketing. All the more reason to have Jesse Romero on later to talk about that. That is literally insane. Yeah, literally insane. We live in a world where you will be sent to prison if you question uh, the re, uh, the, uh, what's the word they use? The re gender transitioning. Yeah. Yeah. Utterly insane. We need to pray and do acts of, of reparation like rickety tick. Yes. I think it's, uh, it's apropos. We see the scriptures say, uh, woe to them who call evil good and good evil. And that's yeah. exactly what we're doing. We're seeing, uh, child abuse. We, we are seeing child abuse and we say, this is good. And if you are not abusing your child, then they say that is evil. And it's the exact perversion of the truth, which is absurd. Um, but one story that I, I thought <clears throat> was, uh, really concerning and at first at first glance it kind of just looks like ivory tower stuff but i think it's incredibly important um is father james martin is having a uh seminar and this is being shared around and you know at first i kind of thought it was a joke but i'm not certain that it's a joke um i, I think it is true is that he they're having a seminar on whether or not judas is in heaven uh whether judas was saved and that that's just absurd to me because one we know that judas 
Uh, he's the son of perdition. Our Lord said that it would be better for him to have never been born uh, than to betray the Son of Man. And these, these, these things make it seem as though that he is in hell. The liturgy, uh, the old liturgies used to say that uh, Judas was in hell and talked about uh, not being like Judas who is in hell. So we know that Judas at least is in hell. Uh, we cannot guarantee that any other particular person is in hell, but we know that hell has people in it. And this idea that that uh, if because if Judas is saved, if Judas is in heaven, then what's the point of evangelization? What's the point of wanting people to become Catholic? Because at this point, pretty much anybody and everybody is saved uh, just by. Well, I mean, honestly, I can't even think of any any sin that would be bad enough to send you to hell if not betraying the Son of God, betraying the man um, who betraying God and having him killed, deicide, uh, murdering God. Uh, so I think it's incredibly important, and it, it's a theological question, but I think it has very huge cultural impacts in how we do evangelization, how we preach about the gospel, how we talk to one another. Um, do we have charity for people's soul? We were talking about this at the beginning of the segment. If we have charity for people's soul, we want them to not go to hell. But if everyone goes to hell, then I guess, c'est la vie, do as you wish. Yeah, it is very, very concerning for sure. Yeah. Well, there's lots to talk about here. We're about to run out of time, and we're going to be going to break here in a moment. There was one other story I wanted to bring up because it always bugs me. The border crisis is so bad, so bad right now. There was one, I think, one facility. I think it's in McAllen, Texas. It's it's almost 800% overbooked. Uh, so... It's just off the charts bad right now on, on our border. We need to pray for resolution. Our, the current administration has just in, made things such a hot mess down there. So let's pray for all those that are going to be caught up in that. But there was an article out uh, by the Epic Times um, about th- th- how cartels use wristbands uh, on these uh, migrants coming across the border to determine who's paid and who's not paid. Um, and it, it, to me, the issue here is it highlights the need for the faithful to preach out against these coyotes and these cartels that are uh, using and abusing these people, taking thousands and thousands of dollars from them, and in many times leaving them, uh, uh, abusing them in many ways. We've talked about it in the past, but it just bugs me so much. We n- almost never hear anything about that, and we need to start preaching the truth in season and in and out of season. At any rate, we're going to go to break. We're going to be right back. Breaking news and stories. Jesse Romero is coming up next. Account Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a patron saint? The classic professions such as soldiers or doctors have patron saints who represent the ideal of soldiering or doctoring. And yet, so many of the trades and crafts on which the modern world depends do not have an ideal figure. There is no patron saint of plumbers, for instance, and G.K. Chesterton says there should be. It would be a revolution, for it would inspire each individual plumber to consider that there was once a perfect being who actually did plumb. In the meantime, what do plumbers and the rest of us do? Chesterton says, Keep before your eyes the supreme adventure of virtue. If you're kind, think of the man who was kinder than you. That's what is meant by having a patron saint. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Wednesday, March 17th, and these are your headlines for today. Catholics and Protestants in Germany announced on Tuesday that they would press ahead with intercommunion at an event in May despite objections from the Vatican. In a recent press release, organizers of the Third Ecumenical Church Congress in Frankfurt said that they plan to invite Christians to attend celebrations in many churches in the city and across Germany on May 15th. The event has already raised alarm at the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which objected to a proposal for a, quote, Eucharistic meal fellowship between Catholics and Protestants last September. In a four-page critique to the German bishops, the doctrinal congregation emphasized that the doctrinal differences are still so significant that they currently rule out reciprocal participation in the Eucharist with Protestants. After the last monks left Achel Abbey earlier this year, the beers produced at Achel Brewery no longer bear the Trappist label. In the beginning of January, there were 14 authentic Trappist beer brands. By the end of the month, the Trappist Belgian breweries were reduced by one. In order for a beer to claim itself as Trappist, the ITA requires the beer to be brewed in the confines of a monastery under the direction of the monks, and the production is limited to the costs of monastic preservation, including their pastoral work and providing sustenance for the monks. Achel Abbey was founded as a priory in 1846 and was disestablished this year, with its last monks going to Westmal Abbey. The abbot of Westmal told VRT, a Flemish public broadcaster, that, quote, The beer is still brewed under our supervision, so feel free to still call it Trappist, but we are no longer allowed to use the logo because there is no longer a living community present in Achel. Pope Francis said on Tuesday that the Lateran Palace, the former centuries-long papal residence located in southeast Rome, should now be used as a museum. In a letter to Cardinal Angelo de Donatus, the vicar of Rome, published March 16th, Pope Francis wrote that a desire to promote and protect the church's beauty and cultural heritage had inspired him to dedicate the Lateran Palace for museum and cultural activities. As vicar of the Diocese of Rome, de Donatus was entrusted with the task of organizing these activities together with the Vatican City State. What is now known as the Lateran Palace began during the Roman Empire as the Domus Laterani, the home of the Plauti Laterani family. The Emperor Constantine gave the property to the Bishop of Rome in the 4th century and it served as the papal residence until the Avignon Papacy and subsequent move to the Vatican in the 14th century. Today, the palace houses one part of what is called the Vatican Historical Museum, which includes portraits of the popes, memorabilia of the papal military corps, and papal household items no longer in use. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. I want to thank uh, those hanging out with us on our live video streams, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Sean, Patty, Glenn, 
Chris and and Monica and Lori and and Angela, all of you. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for doing it. Please uh, make sure to hit that share button this morning. That'll help us in a big way. Also, make sure your notifications are turned on so that you get notified every time we put out uh, a new live video feed of our show. And and those hanging out on the station of the cross this morning, God love you and God bless you. We're very grateful to you, as well as the Guadalupe Radio Network. And joining us right now by the the Zoom chat is Jesse Romero, uh, Catholic evangelist, an author, a radio show host on Virgin Most Powerful, and an incredible, incredible guy all around. God bless you this morning, Jesse. Thanks for being on with us. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for reminding me, brother. Yeah, Good pra- to be here. Praise be to God. You know, this morning, Jesse, I saw an article in the Daily Mail, which, by the way, I do not recommend uh, Catholics visit because it's so scant, uh, scandalizing. The ads are crazy there. But I saw the headline uh, on social media, clicked that, and then I got the article. It was an image of uh, a, a supposed demon standing over the crib of a, of a child on a, like a baby camera. And, uh, and, the, and the grandmother who set the camera up was shocked by this paranormal experience that she had and she was asking for advice to get rid of the demon she guess what she did jesse she burned oils in her house and i'm sure that worked (laughs) like a charm right you know and it just it reminded me of uh, the need to be educated about the myths and misconceptions of of uh spiritual combat how many Catholics of us are out there? Uh, we have like generational sins that we struggle with, addictions. Uh, you know, we were Freemasons. We, we have all these things in our life that we've struggled with, and we have no idea. We play with the occult all the time. We have no idea how, what to do about it and what's right, what's wrong. So I thought, let's invite Jesse Romero to clear all this up. What do you say, Jesse? Joe, I'm going to. So we, we, we all have to go back to basics. And what we as Catholics have to do to pr- keep ourselves protected and our families protected, and our marriage is protected from the diabolical, it's very simple, okay? There's, it's, it's called living in a state of sanctifying grace. The, the church has taught that for 2,000 years, from time immemorial. I mean, every one of us, we're all going to be tempted by the diabolical, every single one of us, even the Pope, okay? There's nobody that's exempt from what's called the ordinary temptation of the diabolical. However... The Bible's very clear. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, the first pope tells us, uh, you know, resist him firm in your faith. And James, uh, the, 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 uh, the book of James also says, resist the devil and he will flee. So you have two apostles, Peter and James. Both of us give us a positive mandate that we have to resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil firm in your faith. There's a key word. Joe, the problem is, is that many people in our country, many Catholics in our country, there's 70 million Catholics, they don't know their faith very well. Mm. So now, when when, when the Bible's asking you to resist the devil in your faith, if you don't know your faith, if you're not well-formed in your faith, if you're not well-catechized in your faith, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have a prayer life, you can't resist because you don't have the tools to resist. There's the problem. So a lot of Catholics end up saying, oh, no, things are happening in my house and my family, pure natural activity. So they're not firm in their faith. They run to the curandera. They run to the healer. They run to the psychic. They run to the occult shop. They run to the botanica. They run to the sorcerers. They run to the wizards, the witches. And exa- that's what gets them into more trouble. You know, 
I mentioned before we went to the break in our last What's Concerning Us section, there's an article about how cartels were using wristbands to track who's paid and who has not paid uh, to get them over the border. And I was thinking about the border crisis and how these, these the, the, the cult practices in Mexico have been on the increase in a dramatic way. Uh, I know you've written about this a, a bit in your book. Can you tell us about that, uh, the sort of the culture amongst uh, those immigrants coming across the border that are experiencing the occult in their life? Joe, uh, Mexico, just like the United States of America, like most countries, Mexico, when it was under the hands of the Aztecs, the Aztecs practiced a diabolical religion. They worshiped demons. As it says in Psalm 95, it says, uh, the gods of the Gentiles are demons. Now, Mexico was taken over by the by Our Lady of Guadalupe in 1531. She snatched Mexico from the diabolical. And so the devil has never forgot that, that incredible loss that he suffered. And so one of the things that's happened in Mexico, it's called incrementalism. The fact is, most Mexican Catholics have never been really catechized. They've been sacramentalized. They've been brought to the waters of baptism. They've been brought to the church as babies. But a lot of Mexicans, like in most other countries, they haven't been well catechized, well formed. And so right around the 60s, the devil's never forgiven uh, Mexico uh, for, for basically losing Mexico to Our Lady of Guadalupe and, and giving over to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the 60s, what happened is the nefarious Mexican cartels, they started their own religion called the Santa Muerte, which is the worship of Satan. And the cartel started this religion because they believe that worshiping La Santa Muerte, who's the devil, the US, the Mexican bishops have clearly said it, they've identified who it is. They believe that this uh, Santa Muerte protects them from law enforcement protects them from their enemies, protects them from their from bullets and makes them invisible. You'll find every person in every culture, doesn't matter if it was in Mexico or Ireland or anywhere else, everybody that's that gravitates and is given over to the occult is always attracted by power, fame, sex, and money. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely insane. Now, let's talk about deliverance uh, and tie this all in. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions about deliverance prayers. And I think a lot of uh, Catholics might be getting some, let's just, I don't want to say tainted, but information that's a little bit off and it could lead to great trouble. What is deliverance prayers and and, um, what should we know or not know about it? We got about a minute before we go to break. We'll come back after, though. What I would call call deliverance prayers, they're, they're... Using like a military term, deliverance prayers are like heavy artillery military weapons. That's what they are. Uh, deliverance prayers, they, they, were, they were invented to focus on the ability, you know, to breach defensive walls and fortifications during sieges. And so these, these heavy artillery weapons that we call deliverance prayers, they have a high flash radius. They can be seen by far away by the diabolical. So Catholic deliverance prayers have a high flash radius. It's dangerous to use these prayers if you're if you're not in a state of grace, if you're in mortal sin. And I'll tell you why after the break. All right, don't go anywhere. Jesse Romero is our guest. 
Catholic evangelist, author, speaker, and uh, incredible radio host on Virgin Most Powerful. Talking about the, the devil, the diabolical. We might touch on St. Patrick after the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Most of us have a special place where we can go for peace, for quiet, for reflection when life gets overwhelming. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. We need to go to that special place sometimes to recharge for the challenges. Monasteries are those places for the church. Under the rule of St. Benedict, the monks seek God each day in work and prayer. They invite others into that space for longer or shorter times to seek God with them. The church is sent to evangelize the world, and as a baptized child of God, you are sent too. Where is your special place, and do you take the time to go there? For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com We are all sent to evangelize, but sometimes we need to go to that special place to reflect, pray, and recharge before taking the gospel out into the world. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Don't forget, you can find the links and more information about our program. Jump on our email list and get the uh, the weekly email with the uh, review of the Sunday Gospels from the team here at grnonline.com. You can also find our sponsor links there as well, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But the incredible Catholic evangelist, too blessed to be stressed, Jesse Romero, is on with us this morning, talking about uh, the devil, the diabolical, the occult, and uh, and deliverance prayers. And I know, uh, Emily, you and I were talking off air a minute ago about uh, like uh, the crazy stuff that happens, like the, the, the Cardi B thing, the Grammys. And thankfully, I never watched it, and I'm never gonna. But I've heard it was utterly insane. I mean, it's, it is insane, isn't it? It was despicable, yeah. And I, I, I know we talked about demonic influence in Mexican culture, but I really think it's seeping very deeply into American culture as well. Like, I've walked through, yes, the Hispanic barrios, and you see the botanicas on every street, but also look at every public event we have, the Oscars, the Grammys, the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, Tom Brady's wife herself calls herself a witch and says the reason Tom Brady wins all the time is because she does all these rituals on him before he goes to his games. So... Jesse Romero, I, could you finish your point that you were talking about deliverance? Because this is really something that is so important today in our culture. As Catholics, uh, probably the most uh, important or famous deliverance prayer or most popular deliverance prayer is the Our Father. That was given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it, Pope Benedict in a homily you know, 15 years ago said that the Our Father is, is a minor exorcism prayer. He said that in a homily. And look at the way the, the Our Father ends. Deliver us from evil. When, when you, the catechism actually says, it says about that phrase, it says, deliver us from evil is a direct reference to Satan or the devil. It's right in the catechism. So the, we're actually, the, the Our Father, when we end it, we're actually saying, deliver us from the evil one. Ma- many Greek manuscripts actually have that. 
in, in, in many of the older Greek manuscripts uh, in, in, uh, in the New Testament. And so the Our Father was taught to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. He's asking us to what? Petition God the Father to give us this day our daily bread. What's the daily bread to fight uh, against the diabolical? The Eucharist. The, the word daily bread in Greek is epiousion, which means give us this day our super essential bread. Right? It's right in the catechism. Or give us this day our supernatural bread. So our Lord Jesus taught us to ask God the Father to give us the Eucharist, the, the, the daily bread, the Eucharist, to deliver us from the devil. The Our Father is a deliverance prayer. Uh, there's The church has given us many prayers, and these prayers are prayers that protect us from the diabolical. They, they, they put a defensive perimeter around our house. They put a defensive perimeter around our marriage. They put a defensive perimeter around us. Another famous prayer, the St. Michael the Archangel prayer given to us by Pope Leo Thirteenth. That's another famous prayer. Uh, deliverance prayer that's supposed to be used by Catholics throughout the day. And most especially today in the Feast of St. Patrick, you know, pray for us. St. Patrick, um, he was a missionary to Ireland. He, he was a bishop. And his goal was to bring Christianity to Ireland. Now, Ireland at that time, it was it, there was this ancient Celtic religion that was practiced. And, and the spiritual leaders were called Druids. They were like sorcerers or you know, wizards and, and witch doctors and shamans. Well, and, and, and also this, the Druids, they depicted their, the symbol of the Druids was the snake. And so St. Patrick, he composes very powerful exorcism prayer. It's called the Lorica. The Lorica is basically a Latin word, which means the armor or the breastplate. And it's a prayer that he composed against sorcerers and witches. That prayer is still used right now by Catholic exorcists around the world during solemn sessions. And by the way, that prayer is also approved for lay Catholics to be praying. It's called also the breastplate of St. Patrick. Uh, and it's a prayer specifically uh, prayed against witches and witchcraft and curses and hexes. Uh, Jesse, the, I find this to be incredibly important in our times, uh, especially the breastplate of St. Patrick, because a couple years ago, we just passed the anniversary, actually, of the Black Mass that was said in Houston, Texas. And when that happened, uh, me and a few friends from our uh, fraternity parish uh, got together, and uh, we all went out during the day, in the midday, to uh, pray for reparation outside of the uh, Satanic, uh, where the Satanic Mass was happening that night. But me and a, and a few friends came back at that, at that night, um, whenever the actual Black Mass was happening, to pray outside. And before going, we all got together. We went to our priest and asked him to bless us. Uh, he blessed us. We prayed the prayer of St. Patrick's uh, breastplate, did a perimeter prayer from Father Ripperger's uh, For Use by the Laity. And we went out there to pray against uh, these evil forces. And I found it absolutely amazing to see the uh, the effects that prayer has. We had a number of people who came over to heckle us, and they would just uh, uh, leave all of a sudden. They just like uh, go over to heckle us, and then decided to just walk away. Um, and it was really amazing to see how the uh, the how this works today, and how necessary it is today. We th we think of these things in pagan culture, but we live in a pagan culture today. Can you speak on how these prayers can still be useful, not just in St. Patrick's time, but in our own? Absolutely. Let me let me give you three three ways that prayers are powerful. I've seen this time and time again. This is the theology of prayer. Number one, prayer is powerful 
when you're in a state of grace, okay? We call that the James 5.16 principle. If you're in a state of grace, it says the prayers of a righteous person have much power. Your prayers are efficacious. They have merit when you're in a state of grace. If you're not in a state of grace, the Bible is very clear. It says God will not hear the, the prayers of an evil person. Uh, John 9.31, it says that God will not hear the prayers of a wicked person. So it's very clear that your relationship with God has everything to do with the power of your prayer, the efficacy of your prayer, okay? Number two, prayer is powerful also. It's most powerful when it's prayed from a position of authority. For example, a father praying for his wife, wife praying for the husband, a father praying for the children, wife praying for the children, priests praying for the congregation. Uh, so when, when prayers are done from a position of authority, a sibling praying for another sibling, Prayers are very powerful when they're done from a position of authority. You see that, for example, all over the New Testament. Uh, you'll have moms in, and, and, and the centurions going up to our Lord Jesus Christ. They have positions of authority. Lord, my slave is sick as home. My servant, I know you can heal him. Lord, my daughter's possessed by a demon. Lord, Lord, please, you can heal her. Notice the position of authority. When you have authority over the person you're asking God to heal or bless or deliver, it's very powerful having a position of authority, number two. Number three, the third way your, your prayer is very powerful, it has to be very specific. It's called intentionality. It's called the Matthew 7, 7 principle. Ask and you'll receive. Notice the most effective prayers of the New Testament. Lord, my daughter's possessed by a demon. Lord, can you heal my daughter from this demonic possession? Notice every, the woman's in a state of grace. The woman has a position of authority over her child, and the woman is very specific with her prayer. You look at study all the prayers in, in the scriptures, and you'll see this is the, the, the this is the the trifecta. This is the way prayers are most powerful. And once again, deliverance prayers are very effective. Precision in prayers is what makes them very efficacious. In fact, that's why, for example. In Father Chad Ripperger's book, uh, Deliverance Prayers for Lady, he's, his prayers are very effective. Why? Well, read them. Very specific prayer against Freemasonry, uh, you know, prayer for temptations, prayer for overcoming addictions. It's very specific in prayer. And number, number, a second, another point, very important, a PS is deliverance prayer is very important when you pray it for yourself. Every one of us has 100% authority when it comes to self-deliverance. Every one of us have, has 100% authority over our intellect and will in relation to self. So prayers that you pray, deliverance prayers for yourself and healing prayers, are very, very powerful because you have 100% authority in relation to self. Jesse Romero is our guest, and we only have a couple of minutes left with him. And I want to really quickly turn to Sacramentals, Jesse. Uh, so Deliverance Prayers and Father Ripperger's book probably one of the best resources around for that. Maybe we can post a link to that, uh, Adrian. Uh, but uh, let's turn to Sacramentals, the use of Sacramentals, especially as a dad, as a husband and a father of my home. I count on uh, exercise salt and and, uh, and epiphany water, and, and you know, the, we play, the, obviously we have our scouts. Uh, 
scapulars on, all of that. Talk to that. you got a couple minutes on the clock. Yeah, uh, sacramentals are given to us by Holy Mother Church. They, what they do is they give us signal grace or they give us actual grace. Okay, They're different from sacraments. Sacraments give you sanctifying grace. That's the grace that you need to be saved to get to heaven in your soul. Actual grace comes from sacramentals. Give you, for example, it gives you a signal grace, actual grace in a moment of temptation, in a moment of, uh, of trial, in a moment where you're be basically put to the test. And so the sacramentals, they're not superstition. They've been blessed by the church. And so their efficacy comes from the prayers of the church. And once again, sacramentals, if I'll give you just an analogy, the Bible calls all of us, the baptized soldiers of Christ, male and female, you're all soldiers of Jesus Christ. Well, what are sacramentals that you put around your neck and that you carry in your body? Those are like dog tags for the soldier. Those are Christian dog tags. But the Christian dog tags, they actually do something because our Catholic dog tags called sacramentals, they actually continually project actual graces. And again, it helps us during a time of temptation and a time of trial. It's not superstition. It gives you actual grace. Wow. All right. I wish we had a lot more time, but uh, Jesse Romero, uh, jesseromero.com. Check him out. Check him out also on Virgin Most Powerful and uh, buy his book, The Devil in the City of Angels. It's a great little book. We interviewed him on that. Maybe we can link to that too, Adrian. But uh, Jesse Romero, thanks for being on our program today. God love you, my brother. Thank you. Joe and Emily, God bless you guys. Thank you for having me on. All right, that's going to do it for Hour 1 of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the next star, we surely would love to have you. Of course, we're going to have our Fear and Trembling Game Show. Prizes are involved, plus the after show, breaking news, the gospel, saying the day, all that still to come in Catholic Drive Time. You can find the links at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine said that his church takes the Bible literally, but that the Catholic Church doesn't. Is that true? Catholics actually interpret the Bible in a literal sense, while many fundamentalists, evangelicals, and others interpret the Bible in a literalist sense. The literal meaning of a passage of Scripture is the meaning the author of that passage of Scripture intended to convey. The literalist interpretation of a passage of Scripture is, that's what it says, that's what it means. Here's an example to illustrate the difference. If you were to read a passage in a book that said it was raining cats and dogs outside, how would you interpret that? As Americans in the 21st century, we know that the author was intending to convey the idea that it was raining pretty doggone hard outside. That would be the literal or Catholic interpretation. The literalist interpretation would be that were you to walk outside, you would actually see cats and dogs falling from the sky like rain. 
No taking into account the popularly accepted meaning of this phrase. No taking into account what the author was intending to convey. The words say it was raining cats and dogs, so by golly, it was raining cats and dogs. That is the literalist or fundamentalist way of interpretation. Now, if someone 2,000 years in the future picked up that same book and read it was raining cats and dogs outside, in order to properly understand that passage in the book, they would need a literal interpretation, not a literalist interpretation. Now, think about that in the context of interpreting the Bible 2,000 to 3,000 years after it was written. We need a literal or Catholic interpretation versus literalist or fundamentalist interpretation. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Good news, bad news. Which one do you want to hear first, Emily? Definitely the bad news. Let's get it out of the way. Bad news. I am totally out of coffee. I oh, mean, I no. have like zero in the cup there. I don't know what... I'm... Oh, I think I am too. That's not good. <sighs> That's not good. Good news, though. Good news is we have a great hour lined up in front of us. We're going to have breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of the day. We're going to have a What's Concerning Us segment where you, the dear listener, get to drive the conversation. Your comments, your participation uh, determines what we talk about in the after show. So we're looking forward to that. But uh, we just wrapped up a great interview with Jesse Romero uh, about uh, the devil, the diabolic, the occult, deliverance prayers. We covered quite a bit of ground in a short time. And uh, speaking of uh, quite a bit of ground in a short time, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Uh, you'll be posting that link, I, I imagine, that early later this morning. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, for sure, I'll be having that link up in a bit. Uh, I'll have it on YouTube at Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel, on uh, Rumble, Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel, and on Facebook at the Catholic Drive Time page. Um, and right now, if you're on our Facebook, YouTube, and, uh, and Facebook or YouTube channels, you will see I uh, posted a link to our last interview with Jesse Romero on his book, uh, The Devil in the City of Angels. A great book. Yeah, amen to that. Praise be to God. So, uh, lots to jump into today. Of course, we have uh, our game shows getting ready to come up here in about, I don't know, 11, 12 minutes or so. And new sponsor this week, Emily. That's right. Just Love Prince is giving away a beautiful image of the Holy Family, which would be a great thing to, to win on the feast day of St. Joseph. Wouldn't it be cool? It's a it's actually a very nice image. I don't... Is it, 
are we, is the one we're giving out, is it framed or we're just giving the image? We're giving away the print. So you can choose okay. your own frame, whatever fits your decor in your home. Because it looks amazing framed, <laughs> yeah, actually. It's, it's a beautiful image. Yeah. It really is. And it's such a, an important time to be supporting Catholic artists in small shops. And where can they see this particular image? This image, we are posting images of... Uh, the, the photo on our website pages so Catholic Drive Time on Instagram Twitter and Facebook but you can also visit Just Love Prints and it is the Love at First Sight print alright praise be to God hey I want to thank Roxanne Sean Patty Glenn Chris and everybody else who smashed that share button this morning on our video feeds online we're very grateful to you if you're listening to us via the radio praise be to God I want to encourage you to download our mobile app the uh, Guadalupe Radio Network app is available on iOS and Android it is a fantastic way to stream our local Catholic radio stations across the GRN 24-7 clear as crystal plus get podcasts of this show and others and pretty soon watch the live video feed too that's coming so a lot of really cool updates are going to be headed your way in the mobile app. So download that today. Just search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. All right, we're going to pray. Whatever your intentions are, we're going to include those in our prayers this morning. I'm praying for a very special uh, intention for my for my son, his wife, and uh, and their baby. So praise be to God. Uh, but uh, let's pray. Let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for all of us today by whispering them into the ear of her Son. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. Portugal's Catholic bishops on Monday welcomed President Marcelo Rebelo de Sousa's decision to veto a bill legalizing euthanasia. The president issued the veto on March 15th after Portugal's constitutional court ruled that the bill was unconstitutional. Father Manuel Barbosa, the bishop's spokesman, said, any legalization of euthanasia and assisted suicide is always contrary to the affirmation of the dignity of the human person and to the constitution of the Portuguese Republic. Rebelo de Sousa met with Pope Francis on March 12th, confirming afterward that the Pope would visit the Portuguese capital, Lisbon, for World Youth Day 2023, as well as traveling to the Marian Shrine of Fatima. Around 81% of Portugal's 10 million population are baptized Catholics. The Portuguese Bishops' Conference has reaffirmed the Church's position on euthanasia and assisted suicide, always defending that human life is inviolable. The Thomistic Institute has released a new video series called Aquinas 101, Science and Faith, which explores the compatibility of modern science and the Catholic faith. The series addresses questions that have arisen about how scientific advances fit in with faith, asking questions such as, has modern science made faith in God impossible? And does belief in miracles and traditional dogmas require us to deny scientific evidence or abandon the scientific method? The series comes after the Thomistic Institute's very successful fall 2019 launch of their Aquinas 101 series, a free course of short videos that introduced the viewer to St. Thomas Aquinas' system of thought. Aquinas 101 Science and Faith is a free video course with short animated videos providing concise and clear explanations of the questions that arise at the intersection of science and faith. 
You can sign up at Aquinas101.com and receive an email once a week with the week's video, plus hand-picked readings and podcast recommendations related to that video. A Catholic nonprofit law firm has released a documentary highlighting the influence of pro-life leader Joe Scheidler and his journey to the Supreme Court. Fighting for Life, the story of Now versus Scheidler, depicts a nearly three-decade-long legal battle for the freedom to speak publicly against abortion. The documentary includes interviews with Joe and Ann Scheidler and Tom and Debbie Brecca. The couples retell their story of their involvement with the early days of the pro-life movement. The Supreme Court's 2006 decision, Scheidler versus National Organization for Women, affirmed the freedom of protest, including pro-life activists' right to pray outside abortion clinics and share life-affirming alternatives to terminating a pregnancy. The court decision is one of the factors that led to the birth of the Thomas More Society, and the story of these two men versus the abortion industry continues to be an influence on the nonprofit. The film will premiere on EWTN on March 22nd. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things St. Patrick. Pray for us, born in the late 4th century, died somewhere around 464 A.D., I spent 33 years in the mission field in Ireland, converting the place, and much of his work helped to lead to the founding of Christendom in Europe, helping to save Christianity in Europe and grow it after the fall of the Western Roman Empire. And uh, I don't want to get into his life. You're going to hear much about him today, I'm sure. Uh, But let me read to you and pray with you the breastplate of St. Patrick. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Christ, shield me this day. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ to comfort me and restore me, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I arise. Christ in the heart of every person who thinks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in the ear that hears me. Amen. St. Patrick, pray for us. And the gospel today comes to us from John chapter 5, verses 17 through 30. Jesus answered the Jews, My father is at work until now, so I am at work. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus answered and said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, the Son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For what he does, the Son will also do. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him everything that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you may be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, so also does the Son give life to whomever he wishes. Nor does the Father judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. 
Amen. Amen, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life and will not come to condemnation, but has passed from death to life. Amen. Amen. I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he gave to the Son the possession of life in himself. And he gave him power to exercise judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear the voice and will come out, those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked deeds to the resurrection of condemnation. I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And all things, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is divine. Did you get that memo? I'm not sure you got the memo, but you should get the memo. Jesus is equal to the Father, and this is why they wanted to kill him. He was a competitor for their power and their authority, but mostly because he made himself equal to to God. If anybody knocks on your door and tells you otherwise, they are not speaking truth. You can go to just this one passage and prove them wrong. There are many other passages you could also refer to, let alone the early church fathers, the you know, catechism of the Catholic Church, but just this one passage alone is sufficient to dispel uh, the rumors from anybody who might try to convince you otherwise. And I've, in the last hour, I shared a story about a, a, an employer I used to work at this job many years ago, and there was a coworker there who was Jehovah's Witness and tried to convince me that Jesus wasn't God. Okay, that would make the Bible, uh, you know, we'd have to throw the whole thing away, and we're not doing that. So at any rate, the other thing I want to focus on, and I want to get Adrian's comments. He didn't have a chance to comment last hour at all, uh, but uh, the judgment is coming. Lest you be confused that God judges, and if you listen to certain people on CNN these days, they might try to convince you that God is not about judgments. And here Jesus says multiple times, what you do in this life matters. There's a judgment and it's coming. Now you can have God's mercy. Praise be to God. You can have his mercy. You can be forgiven. If you believe and you amend your ways and you do acts of reparation, you live in a state of grace, you die in the friendship of God, you get to go to heaven. Praise be to God. You may have to spend some time in purgatory, get cleaned up. But if you think that there is no judgment, please be, be aware. This passage makes it very clear. A judgment is coming. Adrian? Yes. The, uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up for the passage today is in regards to kind of the same thing, but taking it from a different direction. Uh, the idea that our Lord is God and working on the Sabbath, those two things, how they relate to one another. See, uh, the work that God does, especially on the Sabbath, uh, which is referenced here, is uh, is a work that is unlike any other work. Because even when our Lord rests, because it says he rests on the seventh day, as we see in Genesis, uh, what does it mean that our Lord rested? Well, he could not have rested from all things. Why? Because if he did not uh, keep us in existence, then we would cease to exist. 
at all times. And that's usually attributed to the father that he uh, sustains things in existence. But what can be said of the father can also be said of the son and of the Holy Ghost because they act in tandem. They never act apart from one another. Uh, and this is a very important thing. It sounds a very uh, minute uh, details, but this is incredibly important in regards to ecclesiology and uh, Christology. But who is Jesus Christ? He is co-equal with the Father. He's co-equal with the Holy Ghost. They're not subordinate to one another. Um, they are equal in the ex- in power, in action, and all things except uh, in relation to one another. Amen. And so I think that's incredibly important to remember and uh, and to relate that to the Sabbath and why our Lord was able to work on the Sabbath. Yeah, praise be to God. All right. We are going to go to a break. We're going to come back with our fear and trembling game show. Three more chances to get into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And uh, all you have to do is be the first caller and you get in to the game show. It's that simple. It's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the number to call. So don't go anywhere. We'll come back. We'll have the game show. And we'll also have the after show coming up in this hour where you get to drive the conversation. Don't forget, you can always find the links to all of our stuff at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four. Always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity. An opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five. Don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic uh, Drive Time, Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda of uh, trying to teach the faith a little bit, 
Uh, you always learn something new. And, of course, you also get a chance to laugh, have a little chuckle. That's always fun. But it's the giving away prizes that counts the most. And here's the kicker. If you're just joining the show, you've never heard this before. What we do is we don't ask these Catholic trivia questions the call, we don't ask the caller. We don't ask the contestant these questions. Nope. They don't have to even know the answers. Instead, we ask Emily. We ask Adrian. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more? Do they trust Emily? Do they trust Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is JustLovePrints.com. Now, Just Love Prints is a Catholic small business started by a Catholic artist named Lindsay Treza. And Lindsay Treza makes beautiful images that you can use to meditate and hang up around your house to really make your home uh, a, a very meditative environment. And so she's giving away this week the Love at First Sight print, which is an image of the Holy Family Mary and Joseph seeing baby Jesus for the first time right after he's born. It's a beautiful image that she's giving away this week. Praise so, be to Jesus. Thank you to Just Love Prince. And you can find them on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and their website, justloveprince.com. All right. Praise be to God. Well, we appreciate everybody who tries to call in and be a contestant on the show. If you've never been a contestant or it's been at least a month, you, we'd love to hear from you. Now, we do have a caller on the line here, but I wanted to thank those others that did try to call in. You can always try tomorrow. There'll be a new chance. Uh, tomorrow, we pull the winner on Friday. All right. Let's go to the, the phone lines here. Baldomero, good morning to you. Thank you for being on our program. Good morning. Hi. You're welcome. Praise be to God, Baltimore. You sound pretty young. How old are you? Yeah. Nine. You're nine. I have to say, this is a record, right? This is like the youngest contestant. I'm pretty sure it's the younger, youngest caller ever. Wow. Baltimore, that's impressive. Now, where, where are you from? What city do you live in? Chicago. Chicago. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm thinking I smell a connection here back to the Windy City. <laughs> uh, well, Baltimore, we're very grateful to you for being on our program this morning. Are you familiar with the rules of the game? Yes. So you, you know that you can't yeah. necessarily trust uh, Miss Emily or Mr. Adrian. Like, they may say uh, uh, something wrong. you got to carefully listen to what they say. Okay. <laughs> All right, Baltimore. Let's begin the game. Let's play. We will start with uh, Emily first. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Here we go. Okay. Emily, can you tell me what is the term for a way of life founded in Egypt and Syria by Christians fleeing from pagan society and seeking solitude and a life of prayer? What is the term for that? Okay, so these people who go off to live by themselves are called monks, and the term for that way of life is monasticism. Monasticism. Yes. Sounds reasonable. Let's see what Mr. Adrian has to say. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me, what is the term for a way of life founded in Egypt and Syria by Christians fleeing from pagan society and seeking solitude and a life of prayer? Wow, that is a incredibly long question. It surely is. Something about Egyptian life and Egypt. Some I, I don't know. Uh, let's see. The I'm gonna go with um, with pyramid life. You know, you're talking. Pyramid you mentioned life. Egyptian, so so you you're. Your, your answer is pyramid life. That's a good guess. I, it okay. sounds good to me, man. Okay, okay. Adrian is on the hook for pyramid life, and Emily is on the hook for monasticism. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Baltimore, what say you? Um, I'm going with Emmy. Emily. <laughs> 
Emmy. All right. <laughs> Sir, good job. Well done. Good job. <laughs> Praise be to God, Baltimore. You got it right. You were not fooled at all by Adrian's uh, savvy little uh, answer to that question. So uh, well done. Monastic. Sounded good to me. And funny fact is uh, there is a direct link from the monastic uh, life there in Egypt, the deserts, that goes all the way back to St. Patrick himself. I gave a talk on that once. Maybe we can link to that. But uh, let's go to the second question. Baltimore, well done. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. Are you ready for the next okay. question? Yes. All right, Adrian, we'll start with you. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the term for any external circumstance in which we are led to commit a sin? Uh, let's see. Any external circumstance that you're led to commit sin. You know, I think I am going to go with an occasion of sin. An occasion yes, of sin. Yes, a circumstance in which you are mm. an occasion of sin. Uh, I believe it. All right, let's see what uh, Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me? What is the term for any external circumstance in which we are led to commit a sin? An external circumstance. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a situation of temptation. A situation of temptation. Hmm. Tricky. Adrian is on the hook for a occasion of sin. And Emily is on the hook for, what, what, what is it you said? Like a situational, a, temptational. A situational, yeah. temptational. <laughs> okay, um, so. Good one, Emily. 15 seconds on the clock, Baldomero. What say you? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Adrian. Survey says, you are great at this game, Two for Baltimore. two. Wow. A two for two. How do you feel? You must feel very confident going into your final question, Baldomero. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him. Oh, praise be to God. Well done. You were not fooled at all by situational, occasional stuff. Uh, you did uh, get the right answer. Occasion of sin. And by the way, uh, shouldn't we uh, avoid the near occasion of sin as a part of our uh, our piety and our life as living in a state of grace? Always. We should always. always avoid the near occasion of sin. In fact, if to willfully place yourself in a near occasion of sin is itself sinful. All right. Third question. <laughs> Baltimore, here we go. Your your third question. This is my favorite question out of all three because it has to do with history. So uh, we'll go back to Emily for this last one. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. How did St. Peter die? St. Peter, the apostle, the first pope. So they were going to crucify him, but he said he wasn't worthy to be killed in the same way Jesus was. So he asked to be crucified upside down instead. Mm. Okay, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me how did Saint Peter die? Uh, well, let's see. He was he was put to death by the Roman government. So you know the the government uh, executed him. I'm gonna go with lethal injection. Hmm. <laughs> Le lethal injection. Okay. Adrian is on the hook for lethal injection. Emily is on the hook for crucified upside down. 15 seconds on the clock. Third and final question. Baldomero, what say you? Um, I like history, and I'm going to go with Emily. All right. I like you already, Baldomero. Praise be to God. Woo! Three for three. Perfect score. Yeah. Perfect any any score. relation to Emmy, uh, Baldomero? 
My cousin, yeah. Oh, exposed. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise be to God. It was such a grace to have you on the program today, Baldomero. Uh, we're very uh, grateful that you were calling in this morning. Nine years old, by the grace of God. Where do you go to church, Baldomero? Uh, St. Bede the Venerable. Wow. Very, very cool. And you do like history. Or are you just saying yeah. that to make me feel good? No, I do like history. <laughs> Praise God. Way to go, Junior. Great job. You did awesome. That's right. I like that. Well, Baltimore, you're in the coffee cup of Divine Providence for three chances. You'll have to tune in on Friday morning. Maybe it's God's will that your name will be pulled out of the cup, and uh, we will announce that live on the air. But God love you, and God bless you today, uh, Baltimore. We're going to put you on hold so that we make sure that okay. we have your, 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 your information in case you are the winner. But uh, have a great day to you and to your family. Thank you, you too. Thanks for having me. Yes, what a pleasure. Nine years old, the youngest so far. And boy, with those questions and those answers, guys, I, I don't, I mean, it's amazing you got the right answers. I mean, you guys were, you know, I so thought, spot on. I, I thought lethal injection was a legitimate answer, you know? I mean, it's, it's very, it's, it's at least possible. You know, and I tell myself, don't laugh this time. Don't laugh this time. <laughs> but every, one, one of my old every students, time. one of my old me. students from when I was teaching, uh, when I was a youth minister at St. Augustine, uh, messaged me yesterday and goes, <laughs> we were listening to the game show in my way to school and uh, we heard your answers and we were dying laughing in the car. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Thomas on YouTube is saying Life of the Pyramids. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a good one. I like that. <laughs> well, praise be to God. That's so much fun. I love uh, hearing from, uh, from the young people on the show, especially on the game show. It's so much fun. But that is going to wrap up the radio side of the Catholic Drive Time show today. Today. What a fun show it was. Uh, Jesse Romero was such an excellent guest. Praise be to God. We're going to uh, post that interview later today. So make sure that you you not only subscribe, that's important, of course, on like Facebook, Rumble, those kinds of places. But you know what could really be helpful is sharing. Sharing and liking, it really does make a big difference to us. There is a vast difference between the number of subscribers we have and the number of people who ever see our content. Uh, so you could be a missionary along with us by simply taking these these videos that we're posting and then resharing them. It would really mean a lot. And also, make sure you get the notifications. But if you're listening on the radio right now, God love you and God bless you. The Mass is about to begin. Please keep us in your prayers. If you want to join us on the after show, jump on a live video feed, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. You can find all the links Plus, the link to our sponsor, realestateforlife.org, is all on our website. You can just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Tomorrow, Dr. Stacy Trasankos is going to be on the program from Children of God for Life to talk about vaccines and so much more. All that, plus a lot of Catholic drive time. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. We'll see you back then, or we'll see you in the after show. God love you. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time in the after show where we get a little more casual about the conversation. We let our hair down. And I'm not answering the phones. And uh, today, Emily is, because uh, I, I, I have a I have a suspicion there that there's a, a direct link between uh, Baltimore in Chicago and Emmy. I, it's, it's quite suspicious, to be honest. <laughs> I, I was I was kind of suspicious when I heard Chicago, and then I was like, hmm. Mm. And then I heard uh, Emmy, and I was like, where Emmy. have I heard that before? Oh. oh, that's right. I heard that from her siblings. It's Emmy, is it? Okay. Well, now, now <laughs> we know. Now we know. That's my cousin, and he's such a smart kid, and he really is so... Very articulate. Yeah, and he's so spiritual for a nine-year-old, really. He says the most incredible things. So, Junior, love you. Thanks for yeah. calling in, buddy. Praise be to God. And he loves history. Yes. Smart kid. Makes sense. He goes to St. Bede the Venerable, Saint a historian. Bede the Venerable. He said it so well, too. Praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I can't even say that. <laughs> praise. Oh, again, great show today. I want to thank everybody who was commenting uh, during the show and hanging out with us, our, our, our this this... This crew of incredible viewers and listeners that uh, come every single day to the program. We are just so grateful to you. Um, Monica, of course. I see Angelo and Anna. And I see Vanessa. And I see Mr. Thomas. And I see... uh, uh, We haven't seen Valentin yet today. Yep. Just commented just now. Good morning, CDT team. Yeah, good morning to you. Chris Velasquez, good morning to you. Uh, Good morning. Valentin, it's so good to see you. Praise be to God. Of course, uh, Christopher Chance and Sean and Lori and uh, we have a different Lori over Joaquin there. Joaquin and Lori's we had three Lori's today. Three. three oh, Lori's. wow. The Lori Club has shown up. God bless you all. Don Contero, good morning to you. Don, Don is posting like information about masses and adoration in Houston. Praise be to God. If you're in Houston, there's an opportunity to take in a wonderful mass and, and holy hour at, I guess, Annunciation downtown, which is no, a beautiful No, he's linking to uh, St. Patrick's. Apparently, there's an indulgence. I don't know if it's a universal indulgence, but I am assuming Don is saying that if you go to St. Patrick's Church, you receive an indulgence for the masses. Yeah, praise be nice. to God. So, uh, try to wherever you live today on planet Earth, see if you can take in a mass at a St. Patrick's. That'd be awesome. Uh, Ro- Rosentina, good morning to you. I see you over there, Rosentina on Facebook side. Good morning, good morning. Uh, who else? Who am I missing? Let's see. Uh, did you already? You said Joaquin. You said yeah. Lori's. You said yeah. oh Kelly Patton. I don't think we've had you a comment before. She said uh, great show. Two favorites in one program. Keep up the good works. Well, she gets the uh, the new commenter sound. Oh, effect. I didn't make a new commenter sound. Oh, oh no, oh, no, <laughs> no need. This, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this makes me uh, more motivated to get a sounder. Uh, as soon what, as possible. If, uh, <laughs> if you're just not going to make it happen, somebody has to. So it's in your best interest to find us a decent sounder. Otherwise, you're going to get the, uh, the the horns of judgment is what that is. I, I, the horns of judgment. Did you guys say hi to Anna Cruz? No, I don't think I did. Yeah, Anna I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, she okay. did. I gave a shout. Anna, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Vanessa Lara? Yeah, Vanessa, yes. good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, oh, I, I got a great email um, let me mention this before we jump into anything else. I know Mr. Thomas has great questions. He always does. Um, I saw, I got an email yesterday um, from Elizabeth out in California who listens to our program. Now, she has on occasion gotten up, you know, zero dark 30, because California is two hours behind us, to 
to listen live. She's She's been on live before. Most of the time she catches the podcast or the after show. Or not the after show, but the uh, like the video, the posted videos, all that stuff. So if you're listening to us, Elizabeth, this morning or watching, God bless you and God love you. But she sent me this email and she uh, was just so grateful to the team here for using the, the, the term, the phrase, God love you. She says, I've been thinking of sending you an email about this subject, and today, the fourth anniversary of my father's death, seems the perfect time. My dad also said God love him or her when speaking about someone. When he passed, my aunt and her daughter were commenting that they'd never heard the expression before. Their comment confused me because dad had been using the expression for years. For some reason, I thought it was a Catholic expression, so I expected that they would be familiar with it. Recently, I learned about Catholic drive time when Emily reached out to me about the fear and trembling trivia game and heard you and Bishop Fulton Sheen use the phrase. Now I even hear Adrian say it. I know. Isn't it amazing? We have been a, such a positive influence on Adrian that now, finally, he says good things. Uh, <laughs> she goes on to say, <laughs> she, <laughs> she goes on to say, you sit up awfully fast there, Adrian. <laughs> she, she goes on to say, all this to say, thanks for bringing my dad to mind every time I hear you say it. Being in California is difficult for me to catch the show, but I do listen to the recording every day. It's such a blessing. Thank you for your apostolate. I'm praying for you all in my daily rosary. Praise be to God. Wow. Well, that they made me tear up. <laughs> Praise be to God. Yes, thank you so much. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing. That's such a beautiful story. Um, uh, just for the record, um, I definitely said it before uh, Joe said it, just for the record. <laughs> I doubt it. And I'm, I'm going to be 47. There's no possibility you said it before I said it. <laughs> you, we were Catholic at the same time. We became Catholic at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We've both been Catholic for like 20 years. That's true. That's, um, that's true. That's true. Praise be uh, and, uh, and we also have God love you, a Fulton Sheen saying God love you at the end of our show every day. So Yes, amen. We love Fulton Sheen. Praise I be stole to his, uh, Stole his voice. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Chance is like, ouch, Joe. Is that because I made fun of Adrian? Is that it, Christopher? I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, Glenn Trahan, Patty O Furniture. Good morning, Glenn. Praise be to God. <laughs> Uh, it's good to see you, Glenn. Thanks for sharing our video, by the way, Glenn. Yes, and, and if people, if y'all have a uh, great story to share with us, please share them with us. They, these are such beautiful stories, and let us know if we can share them on air because uh, these are such beautiful stories. I think, I think we should share that story on our shareathon. That's such a beautiful, beautiful story. And so many people. If y'all have uh, stories like this, please let us know. That it really touches us. Uh, it's it's difficult doing uh, live radio and and not uh, not able to hear uh, how people are reacting to different things. So we love to hear how uh, our show is impacting your life. Yeah, oh, yes, Glenn was trying to tell a joke. Yeah, you told and the I answer. Busted it. <laughs> I like totally embarrassed the team here. I'm sorry, Glenn. Uh, let me let me start over. Hopefully, pretend, everyone forgot. Pretend like you. Uh, I'm sure you forget everything I say anyway. But pretend. I'm sorry, what did you say? You, exactly. All right. So Glenn Trahan says St. Patrick's Day riddle. What's Irish and sits in the backyard? Uh, Drum roll. Patio. Oh. <laughs> patio furniture. Patio furniture. Patio furniture. <laughs> busted that up pretty good. Dang. Got to work on our delivery here. <laughs> on the on the, uh, the punchlines. And usually, I'm, I'm, dad jokes is one of my strengths. I don't know why, but I messed that up so badly. But oh well. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, that reminds me. You mentioned uh, Sherathon. So I mentioned this, I think, on f- Monday. 
But what's going to happen is next week, things change next week, but just temporarily. So starting on Tuesday, from Tuesday through Friday, the Guadalupe Radio Network launches what we call the On-Air Sherathon. Four times a year, we come to our audience and ask them to prayerfully, financially support our radio apostolate because the Guadalupe Radio Network is 100% listener-funded. Um, it doesn't receive checks from diocese or the Vatican. I've called the Vatican. They hung up on me. Uh, so uh, we ask our listeners to, to, to financially support our work, to keep our many radio stations up and running and our apostolate going. So the way it's going to affect our show is we will do a the 6 a.m. Central Time Zone Hour normal. That'll be just like every day. But Tuesday through Friday of next week, our second hour is going to be affected. That's our 7 a.m. Central Hour. So this hour, the hour we're in right now, is going to be interrupted next week, Tuesday through Friday. We're going to move our hour to 9 a.m. Central, the second hour. So the first hour, 6 a.m., normal. The second hour, Tuesday through Friday of next week will be at 9 o'clock central, not 7. We won't have a game show. We're going to postpone that until the following week when we go back to our normal. And what will happen is we're going to be on the Sherathon as a team, and we'll be bringing you the Catholic Drive Time flavor of Sherathon. Uh, so we hope you'll tune in for that and be a part of it. it would uh, we would love to see all of you there for sure. But the week f after that, we'll go back to normal just like, like we do now. So praise God for that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Super excited for, to uh, do our first marathon uh, for me and Emily. Uh, there's two questions from Thomas. I want to read them real quick. And his second question is easier to answer than the first, so I'll answer that one first. His uh, questions were, um, the Protestant interpretation of angels to be a physical form governed by the laws of nature. Protestants say angels become spiritual when God needs them to minister. Are angels advanced physical beings governed by physical laws of nature and spiritual only when God needs them to be? That's question one. Question two is, uh, may I also ask about Chronicles 14, verse 15, where the Bible says that God helped David defeat the enemies by sending angels and flying objects and made them sound like jets to defeat the Philistines. Uh, the second answer, it's easier to, easier to answer because if you just go to um, the passage where he's referring to, uh, in the Douay Rames, I'll read the Douay Rames translation of it. Uh, I'll read one verse b before. And David consulted God again, and God said to him, Go not up, up, do, bleh, go not up <laughs> after them, turn away from them, and come upon them over against the pear tree. And when thou shalt hear the sound of one going in the tops of the pear trees, then shalt thou go out to battle. For God has gone out before thee to strike the army of the Philistines. And David did as God commanded him and defeated the army of the Philistines, slaying them from Gabon to Gazera. Okay, so this is important to actually read the passage and to look at it in context because it doesn't say that he sent his angels. Well, uh, we do know, so this is all wrapped up in angels and angelology, which I highly recommend tuning into Dave Palmer's show, which is going to be on Friday at 4 p.m. He will be talking all about angels and the philosophy of angels. So if you are really curious to do a deep dive there, I highly recommend tuning in there <laughs> and then calling in um, to hear his answer um, uh, and then call in to ask any other additional questions. But here, yeah, so it's important to note that the angels are the messengers of God, and so they do the works of God. So whenever, typically, not always, but typically, whenever God acts within our lives, whenever he gives us grace, whenever he gives us illuminations, when he assists us, it is through the intercession of the angels they are the intermediaries uh, for us now 
in this passage, no, it's uh, it's not the angels that it's said here. It's God that is said to have done this. Uh, it's probably through the angels, but it doesn't say that. And then it also doesn't say anything about sounds of jets. Maybe that's a different translation. Uh, but in the Douay Rames, which is a more faithful translation of the uh, tradition of uh, from uh, Jerome, is it says that it was a sound of coming down from the pear trees. And the Knox Bible has a very similar one. Uh, the King James Version says footsteps. Uh, so I think jets is probably just a bad translation. Uh, and then in regards to your first question, in regard, I don't, I'm not familiar with Protestant angelology, uh, so I won't comment on that. But I will say that angels are not physical beings. We know this uh, from scripture, from tradition, from uh, and from uh, reason. And so the best place to look there is Thomas Aquinas. He has a host uh, treatise on it. But the important thing to note is they are non-physical beings, meaning. They do not have a body like we do. They can take on a uh, a body of sorts. Uh, Thomas has a word for what it's called, uh, but I'm forgetting what it is now. Uh, but he t- they can take on a body that's not a real body per se, but it, it, it can interact in the world. Um, and so we see that there. And also... Uh, we know that they don't have uh, they don't have actual wings, so they're often depicted with wings. The reason they're depicted with wings is because of their swiftness of movement. So they can move from place to place just by moving their will. Uh, so as soon as they desire to uh, move in a certain place, they are there. Uh, we see this in the scripture that we read yesterday of descending upon the pool. When the angel descends upon the pool, the pool uh, there's ripples in the pool. And why is that important? Because uh, in actuality, they have no physicality. But in order to symbolize, to show everyone that he was there, he showed a movement. And that's how angels move. They have, they, and they, when, once they're interacting in a certain place, that's where they are. Uh, so it can be said anyways. Uh, so that's what uh, the idea there. And I think uh, hopefully that answers the question of that. So no, we don't believe that angels have a physical form. We don't believe that they only are spiritual when God needs them. Uh, every person has his own guardian angel who's constantly and has the normal privileges of protecting us, defending us, and any additional privileges must be granted through God. Right, and Padre Pio recommended praying your guardian angel prayer every day and being aware of their presence because really they can they can help you out a lot. So that's a good practice to do too. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, Christ- I was chuckling because Christopher Chance was like, I suspect Aquinas is going to make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know Adrian. How did you know? know? <laughs> he's, he's just like reading my mind. Uh, but oh, and speaking of Aquinas, and Emily brought up Aquinas 101. Aquinas 101 actually has two episodes on angels. They're pretty short, uh, really good explanations of angels. And uh, and then of course Dave Palmer show again. I'm plugging that again. 4 p.m. on Friday. You know who we haven't seen today. Uh, our buddy Jesus. Um, we haven't seen him in a little while. He would have loved the game show today. I hope he's doing okay. We yeah. haven't really I got to reach out to him, see how he's doing. We haven't seen him in a <clears throat> couple of days now, I think. So hopefully everything is going well for him. Praise be to God. Um, so thank you, Mr. Thomas. You know, we had a hot mic situation there right before the game show. So everybody was listening to us talk about the questions and answers. And, you know, I got a little freaked out because when I heard that the caller was. Uh, not or like a young child i'm like oh no did i pick the wrong questions <laughs> you know because sometimes i i'm going through and i look at these questions in the box and i go "Ooh, that looks like a teachable moment but it like is kind of complicated <laughs> 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 which is why i pick it because i'm like oh i bet a lot of people wouldn't understand that or know that or they learn something you know because again we have a hidden and secret agenda here uh to teach the faith and but but when you get like a, a child on you're like oh no it's going to be embarrassing if this person doesn't like get one of the questions right, you know. So that's when Adrian and Emily come through with their stellar wrong answers. 
I Pyr- thought pyramid life. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I thought my answers were incredibly credible and pyramid totally life. situational, uh, si- temptational, situational, <laughs> temptational. It's <laughs> legit. It's totally. We should have a list of all of the best wrong answers from the game. Oh, a blooper no. reel. Yeah. We should go back. Have the intern go back and listen to every episode and pull all the best wrong answers. Oh no. <laughs> we should like. We should have a blooper reel of, of that because that's that's the best part right there. But. Uh, but he was super. He was super smart and uh, and slick, and he 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 knew who was right and who was wrong. Hopefully, he didn't. We didn't tip him off by our hot mic situation there. We'll see. Praise be to God. All right. What else? Uh, tomorrow, let's see. Tomorrow, we're going to have Stacy Tresenkos on. Uh, she's a great guest. She is going to be talking. She's with uh, St. Philip Institute in the Diocese of Tyler, but she's also now taken over for Children of God for Life which is an organization uh, that we have highlighted, I've highlighted over the past couple of years uh, about their work in not just vaccines, but in pharmaceutical, biopharmaceutical research, that kind of thing. So we're going to have her on to kind of catch us up on where we're at with the vaccines across, across planet Earth and, <clears throat> you know, all of those stories. We're going to cover that with her. But she covers way more than just vaccines. So we'll expand that conversation tomorrow with uh, Stacey Trasenkos. And then uh, I think on Friday, we're talking to Raymond Arorio, right? Yes, that's right, about his new book, um, The Good Thief. So it, the book is called The Thief Who Stole Heaven. It's a really great meditation during this Lenten season. So tons of great stuff still coming. Praise be to God. And then um, what else? I know we also have Christine Niles coming on tomorrow. Right? And the what's concerning us? Yes. So Christy Niles will be on tomorrow uh, during, like Joe said, I'm just repeating what he said. <laughs> that, Smart uh, and intelligent man repeating what I've said. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, she was going to be coming us, maybe, maybe uh, man, I cannot speak yeah. right now. It's well, one of those days. Uh, yeah. Show, definitely. Yeah. But no, she's going to be on to talk about, she's going to give us a roundup of things going on with Church Militant. There's a ton of news that just that has broke um some scandals that i think are important to address archbishop vigneron getting sued directly not the diocese but him directly um that's kind of unprecedented first time this has happened um in america at least i'm not sure about elsewhere uh there's tons of stories out there that we are yeah. going to cover christine niles must not sleep because they are just constantly you know Churning digging into yeah. yeah and i just found out that she's in charge of the church militant publishing um arm of the uh, of their of the saint michael's media super cool so real life superwoman yeah. wow praise be to god now, I would love to know from our audience who's hanging out with us this morning, who would you love to see on Catholic Drive Time as a guest? Maybe comment with names that you think would be excellent guests on our program. Uh, we'd love to see who you would uh, suggest to us. Maybe we can reach out to some of them and, and book them. Now, I, some of my – on my wish list, I have uh, – um, the gentleman behind the underground effort, the underground railroad effort. Sort of, I can't remember. What, what's, what's the name of his organization? Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard is the guy. What's the name of his organization? Um, Underground, Operation Underground. Thank you. Thank you, Google search. I appreciate you helping me out. I've been trying to get to this guy. So I, I, I've gotten to the, so desperate because none of my me- methods have been working. That I, are you on LinkedIn? I, I'm curious if, you, if you're on LinkedIn. So I've been on LinkedIn for years now. And I used to have a pro, like a LinkedIn pro profile. Well, I, I canceled it because it's expensive and it wasn't really beneficial to me or whatever. So, but they've been bugging me forever to try again. Try it again, Joe. You're, this time it'll work. 
So I decided the other day to sign up for their free one month of LinkedIn Pro. Uh, I have to cancel it before they start charging the card, though. Um, because one of the benefits they give you is being able to message anyone on their platform, uh, even though you're not connected to them. Now, that's important because, let me tell you, when I started using LinkedIn, when I first was hired at the Guadalupe Radio Network in 2013, I had nothing to, I had a blank page, and I was trying to build the station up and knock on every door, and I was a general manager in those days. I used LinkedIn, and I befriended 3,000 people. I sent a connection request to 3,000 plus people <laughs> in, uh, in the city. Uh, any Catholic I thought that could help me spread the word about Catholic Radio, I would send a message. LinkedIn shut me off. They're like, you're abusing the process. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm spreading the word. <laughs> They're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, then what's the point to all of this if I can't connect to new people? And I got into a little tit for tat with them. At any rate. So they turned me back on eventually. So now I, I just signed up for this free trial. And I'm... Uh, I, I saw that Tim Ballard is on LinkedIn. Now, a lot of uh, famous people, air quotes, like, for instance, Michael Knowles, somebody I'm trying to get on the program, he's not on LinkedIn. He has a page on LinkedIn, but his profile isn't there. So I couldn't get to him. But I, So I'm looking for certain individuals that I'm having a struggle to get in contact with otherwise. And I have, I have the clock is ticking. I have less than a month to try to get to these people. So I reached out to Tim Ballard. With a with one of my uh, you know pro level messages in hopes that he would read it and and be interested to get him on the program. And the reason why I want him on is because his work is so incredible, saving children from sex slave trade, from human trafficking. And I really want to uh, to have it would be a great uh, thing. I, in my opinion, he's on my my wish list to have him on the program to talk about his work of saving children. They made a movie about him. Jim Caviezel played his character. But I want to say they shelved the release of the film because of the COVID pandemic thing. Um, but I wanted to get an update from him on that as well. So pray. I would appreciate if you could uh, pray that maybe someday he'll respond. Uh, I'm also trying to get some other people. But part of it is I'm trying to get interesting people that aren't necessarily heard on Catholic radio all the time. Um, like, for instance, one of the guys we were trying to reach out to is Andy Now. And Adrian's trying to been trying to hound him down. Now, I doubt you've ever heard of Andy Now, but Andy Now is like one of the best experts on the subject of Antifa. In fact, Antifa would love to see Andy Now die. He's uh, he's they, not for they tried. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they bashed tried, his actually. skull in, and yeah. they uh, did not succeed in killing him. And he still speaks out and spreads the the real story about a Antifa and. He's on the lamb. He's you know he's running for his life essentially. He's not, he's hiding right now. I think in England someplace. Uh, Joe, my grandma said, Joe, send your guardian angel to contact him. I'm glad. Hey, you, Estella, thank you for saying that because I actually have asked my guardian angel to do that. There's been several people. I've been like guardian angel. I really need your help. Go and ask these. Uh, ask them to uh, to connect with me uh, because we have some great work to do. Now I don't think Tim is a Catholic, and neither does that matter to me at the moment, but. Um, I don't know if that plays into it. And I do think that does play into it. There are guests. I, I will redact their names for the sake of for this conversation, but there are people who I see on, on um, let's say, other media outlets, not Catholic media outlets, but big shows with huge audiences, millions of followers. 
I see these people on those shows, and I reach out to those same people because they are subject matter experts about something that I find that is super important to talk about and I think that will benefit you. And I reach out to them, and they decline, either because my audience isn't big enough or probably because I'm Catholic. And that's always uh, a depression uh, or depressing to me. So I uh, it's true. Your point, Estella, I do ask my guardian angel to do that, as a matter of fact. But Tim Ballard, I'm going to be persistent because I really think he would be amazing. There's others. Um, we're trying to get Michael Knowles on to talk about the woke culture from a Catholic perspective. You know, uh, you might love or hate Michael Knowles' politics as a conservative. He's a conservative. I got to tell you, lately, he, he has been speaking on issues passionately from a Catholic perspective on his program. And it's, it's been incredible to see. So we were hoping to get him on. And we do have a decent contact for him, but so far, it's not really worked out. Um, there's several people, several conversations we would love to have. Then there's people, I won't, again, won't share any names, but then there's people who are uh, like solidly Catholic, awesome Catholic resources, yeah, and they just won't come on for whatever reason. They just, they won't, they won't be on. I don't know why. Pray. Let's continue to pray. Uh, Christopher Chance would like to hear from uh, Father James Martin, Adrian. That would definitely be interesting. You know, it's kind of funny he says that because I, we were literally just talking about this uh, before the show. I was like, I wonder if we reached out to uh, Father Martin, he'd be uh, willing to come on the show. We could discuss some of his ideas. I think that would be a fruitful dialogue that we could have. Um, so he could uh, Father Father Martin could get the smell of the sheep on him uh, smell and, sheep. and come and dialogue with us. Uh, uh, Glenn Trahan says Patrick Truman from the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. He would be excellent. Now I have interviewed their executive director in the past. Been a long time, but uh, Patrick Truman would be great. He would be a very good guest for sure. Uh, praise be to God. Who else? Anybody saying anything else? Let's see. Any other names being mentioned or offered? I would love to hear. What do you think? Who do you you want to see someday on Catholic Drive Time? That would be uh, awesome to know who you think. Patrick is Catholic, says Glenn Trahan. Yeah, he is. In fact, Patrick, uh, I want to say he was instrumental under George W. Bush, if I'm not mistaken, in uh, trying to enforce some of the laws in regards to uh, the the distribution of pornography. Uh, Because I'm pretty sure it's still illegal, but nobody enforces the law as part of the issue. Lori says over on Facebook, Joe, you did well for the questions, and Adrian and Emily were great. Will you have the questions and answers on the website? Just uh, Just the best or the worst. Oh, she's wanting us to post the trivia questions. Uh, the trivia questions on our website. That's a fascinating idea. Yeah, I don't think we can do that because these are from a game show. We're not making up the questions. We're, yeah. we're getting it from a copyrighted source. Yeah, they might be copyrighted. Uh, so, But I link to where we get the questions so you could uh, get mm. the game if you wanted to. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if we would be allowed to post the actual questions and answers as that's uh, someone else's property. Uh, but yeah, we have. I linked the uh, the game down below. It's the Catholic trivia game. Oh, she also suggests that we maybe post a wish list of interviews that we would like to have but are having trouble getting, so that our listeners could pray over them. Wow, that's kind that's of interesting. A cool idea. I like that idea, Lori. Thank you for suggesting that. Praise be to God. Um, maybe we can add that to the website. Now, I've been trying to chip away at the website when and where I can. So I lately I've added, there's a map there. I put a, up a, a Google map of all the radio stations that we broadcast to uh, in the 6 a.m. hour. And then, uh, of course, all of our social media links are there. The 
we have we also post playlists there from the YouTube side. So anytime Adrian posts up a new video, you can actually go to our website and find it there as well. So we, I'm adding a lot more information, plus all of the uh, Fear and Trembling Game Show sponsors, all of their links and logos are on our website now. Of course, Real Estate for Life is is going is there now. Praise be to God. Now, pretty soon, looks like um, Verboom, Verboom.com is going to become uh, sort of a sponsor of our Gospel Reflection. So that's kind of a cool. Have you ever heard of Verboom.com? I, I got to know them back in the very early days when they were Logos. Um, Logos is a, uh, or Verboom is a uh, sort of, a, it's a software that connects your library of all of your your books together and links them together and uses AI to sort of drive the connectivity. So you can like take a passage of the Bible and dive deep into that particular passage. You can see the original Hebrew, the original Greek. You can see what early church fathers say. You can, dare I even suggest, you could even say what Thomas Aquinas has to say on the subject. It's very important. Um, it's very, I'm not very sure important. it's very important, but okay. It's probably the most important. Um, um, yeah. Almost every single pope would uh, would disagree with almost you there. Almost every single pope. I, I like how you said almost, as if there's popes that wouldn't. Well, they're, they're the popes before Thomas existed would not recommend Thomas. Oh, that's unfair. Okay. And I can only think of one pope. How can you be pope and not know that Thomas Aquinas will one day exist? Well, honestly, I, you know, you never it's know. It's a valid question. But I, I think teasing. that there, uh, there has, not I think, I know, there's only been uh, one pope since the death of uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas that did not recommend him. All right. Wow. Well, there you go. There is your daily plug for Thomas Aquinas that <laughs> you can guaranteed get on this program every single time we're on. By the grace of God. That's going to do it for Catholic Drive Time today. I hope you'll join us back here tomorrow. You guys are the, are the super fans. You guys are amazing. So thank you for that. We're very grateful to you for being missionaries with us, sharing our content, inviting others to be uh, on the program with us. God love you and God bless you. Make sure you're back here 6 a.m. Central uh, for Stacey Trasinkos. It's going to be a great interview. And, of course, Christine Niles from Church Militant. Great program lined up tomorrow. Hopefully we'll see you there. Pray for my son and his wife. Special intention. God love you. God bless you. And we'll see you tomorrow.